Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special resource edition of the This Is Family podcast. I'm Ben Houck, Family Ministries Director here at Calvary. Our marriage seminar this year was absolutely incredible. It was an event blessed by God, and we've already heard many testimonies of strengthened marriages as a result. We really had such a wonderful time learning, laughing, and loving during this incredible two-day seminar. And we want to share, in this breakout session, Calvary's Care Ministries Directors, Reverend Chuck and Sister Candy Barkus, share some insights on elders and empty nesters with the topic, Empty Nest Forward. Here now is the 2023 Calvary Marriage Seminar on this resource edition of This Is Family. Marriage. <laughs> Who in the world thought of it? I mean, if you were God, would you have chosen to do it this way? You're afraid to say no, right? I remember I went to Calvary Christian School, and one of the assignments was, if you were God, how would you have people be saved? And man, I had people climbing trees, getting bananas, and it's like, that's crazy. But, you know, he's God, and he didn't do it that way. And um, he's the one that chose marriages. And so that's what I'm just going to kick this off with. Um, the first creative days, God made some amazing stuff. Uh, if you've ever traveled, well, I mean, look at Indianapolis, how awesome it is. Not. Uh, actually, we have buildings and we have people. That's about it. Uh, but if you've traveled at all, there's just some gorgeous places in the world. The United States just has some amazing things. And so, and, I mean... Sometimes we look at things that we do and we grade it in our mind. Well, I did a pretty good job there. That was really terrible, blah, blah, blah. Well, can you imagine God uh, evaluating his work? And so days like one through five at the end, he's like, it was good. It was good. But then day six comes up and he makes some cool animals and then he decides to play in the dirt, and he makes a man. And uh, I'm assuming he was handsome. We have, the Bible doesn't tell us too much about his physical, but um, I think he's probably either blonde uh, hair, nice blue eyes, or dark. I mean, I don't know. A woman didn't write the Bible. There's so much stuff we don't know. <laughs> but when he... he he creates this man, and then he's like, he will never make it by himself. <laughs> he will never make it by himself. He will be lonely. It, will be, it would make my creation not so wonderful, so I have to do something else. And so he puts the guy to sleep, and he takes a rib, and he creates a woman. Now, let's go back. Now, the first man, the first male, his name was? Okay. And so then he creates this thing that makes this marriage perfect, and he creates, what was her name? No. 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 This is the point I want to make. God created 
and this is in Genesis chapter four. I'm only not making this up. God created the man and the woman and he called their name Adam. Their name, Adam. Her first name by God was Adam. His first name was Adam. What's the point? I think the point was that God created man and woman as one. He created them as one because that's the way he sees them, as this perfect creation. And so at the end of that day, he says, okay, let me get my report card out here and let's take a real good look. He said, ah, yeah, very good. Marriages are a very good creation of God and they are meant for us to be one. He even says, it's kind of weird, I think, I keep trying to get an answer for it, but he says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. There were no mother and fathers at that point, but he knew that they would come. And in the mind of God, it was that husbands and wives, wives would be one. And it would be a beautiful thing because he created it. So this semester I was teaching at IBC and I was teaching about Zachariah and Elizabeth. And something hit me, probably with this in mind, that I had never seen before. The Bible says they were both righteous, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. I had never thought about the fact that God actually looks down at couples and not judges them harshly, but judges them in a way, and he judged them together. It was like Zachariah and Elizabeth, they just went way up the ladder in my mind. They were a couple. They were one. And they had difficulties in their life. He was a priest, and according to culture, a woman was supposed to marry, please her husband, and give him children. She wasn't able to give her husband children. Probably there were a bunch of people yapping about why she couldn't have kids and there must be sin and blah, blah, blah. It's probably her and not him. But in the midst of that, they both loved God. No one had even heard some in, uh, anything from heaven, supposedly for 400 years. And yet they walked steadily following the commandments of God, following the ordinances of God, doing what God intended when he put marriage together. And God's like, thumbs up. And then when he needed somebody, he knew who to go to. It was a time when God could ask those people because he knew they were faithful together. And then God blessed them with a little critter, and we know him as John the Baptist. God has a plan for marriage. He created it. He's all about it. And he wants us to work together to further his cause. And that's, that's I'm done. All right. There's some things about marriage that don't change as you get older. 
And some things are indeed different, different challenges. And so um, the things that a young couple might ask for counsel about marriage, those are different questions that probably you and I would ask at our older age, if I could call it that. And um, uh, a son noticed that his dad was not hearing as well. He went to his mom and said, Mom, dad's not hearing real well, is he? And she said, well, son, nothing much really changed. He can't hear now, but he didn't used to listen before, so it didn't matter too much. <laughs> so some things change and some things don't. So, But some of the things you're going to hear are things that are applicable to our age, if I can say our. This is probably the biggest age spread of all of the different breakout sessions. And these people are people that you'll come to appreciate their walk with God. And so we have Connie and Randy Scott, Reverend Scott, and we also have Mick and Barb East. Could we give them a hand for being willing to be interviewed and so on? Some of the challenges that we face as older married people, things such as what happens with that empty nest. That's a whole other chapter. Now we've got to get to know our spouses again. Um, sometimes we have health issues that young married couples wouldn't even think about. That can be a stress to marriage. Um, it could be a different kind of a financial stress, maybe retirement financial stress that young couples wouldn't even think about. Uh, now, caregiving to an older parent, that's another kind of a stress. So there's stresses, but they change. Um, sometimes there's the grumpy old man and the, and, the, and the sassy old woman syndrome that can kick in. And, uh, and I, I acknowledge my wife's uh, coining that phrase there. Um, I'm not sure if she was thinking about me or not, but, um, but then also sometimes we can deal with just the ruts of having been married a long time. And so we're going to interview these people and deal with just a few of the things that they have dealt with, but have conquered. And then after we're done with that, we'll talk, just give some practical advice about how to deal with some of those challenges in, in older marriage. All right, we're going to dive on in here. Be careful with, I'll be careful with the time. Uh, Candy, what advice would you have to couples just facing the empty nest? Shout. <laughs> Shout the victory. <laughs> um, I was just talking to Gary and, and Julie over there. The very first night Erica got married, we went home and we watched Father of the, the Old Father of the Bride, the first one, and I got all teary-eyed. And then I laid down in bed and I thought, hey, I don't have to worry when she comes in. It's his problem now. <laughs> and so I looked at it. it. It really wasn't bad, but then we had our kids close, so that, that probably... That's okay. true. All right, sorry, I talked too long. No, that's good. <laughs> She's telling the rest of the story is what it is. Sister Scott, how many years have you been married? Um, and then re recently, also, you have faced several challenges in your marriage, uh, to your marriages, I should say, challenges, changes in the city where you've lived, changes in your home church and your leadership roles there, uh, dealing with a sick adult daughter, and then recently adopting young children. A lot of changes, a lot of challenges. How have you kept your marriage healthy in the middle of these challenges? Well, this is... we've been married soon 
years. Wow. Uh, Is this mic on? We've been married for 53 years, almost, very, very soon. And it's been wonderful, it's been great, and it's been exciting, and it is challenging right now. <laughs> uh, you heard that we are not empty nesters anymore. Ours was in, uh, empty nested, now we're, we're raising two little ones, and... Um, it is a challenge and a change, but um, we love it. Uh, I don't even know where to begin on some of the things in our home. I went from a, a downsize when we were empty nesting. Now I'm back up two stairs and all of that. And it's, it's not bad. Um, the oldest one is 12, and she does help a lot coming and up down the steps. Um, in our church, we, we were in our home for uh, northwest Indiana is where we live, and almost uh, for 70-some years we were there. And now we're here in Calvary, and uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, it's been a big change. Our girls wanted to go to CCS. And we wanted to go to Calvary, so here we are. And that has been a big change because my husband has been in the ministry for 30-plus years and assistant pastor, and he's, uh, it's, they retired, and we knew it was time in our life to change. We both felt that in our spirit, and it, and it was a big change. And uh, a lot of leadership uh, roles that we had there, no longer are there. Sure, we miss them because it was a work for God. It was We were servants for him. But we plan on just keeping that here with the uh, working. My husband worked a lot in the, the police department, the fire department, in the political arena. And now he, he, he was downtown Gary reaching out to hungry people with my daughter. And that all changed. But we're going to still be servants uh, here and uh, we love it here. And I do want to say one thing in that change that we always went to because of the time. If you've never been there, it's a, a place where you can grow and uh, you hear preaching right to you. We got here. And this year, we did not go to because of the time because we feel this here with Brother and Sister Carson and all of you fine, fine folks that have taken us under your wing, this, we feel like we're at because of the time right Every here. Service. Every service, we really do. Every service. Uh, talking about sick adult daughter, I have a sick adult daughter, very, very sick, and uh, I just have to put her in God's hands and go from there. And uh, as a mom, they've talked about marriages with uh Emotions, women have different emotions than men, and we, we, we feel different. I feel sometimes like I have to be there all the time. And in our marriage, my husband has a different feelings, like she's old enough, she needs to do this, we've got to put it in God's hands. So I do, but as a mom, we all know how that feels. But uh, 
to keep it short, maybe I'll let my husband talk a little bit too about all of that. Little Scott, if you'd like to respond also, that'd be fine. Thank you. Uh, and once again, thank you for this opportunity. And I don't want to sound too preachy here, but I asked, he asked how we faced the challenges in the past year or so with the, the move, uh, the retirement of the ministry. Not that you ever retire in ministry. You never retire uh, because you're still servants wherever you go. And that's that's how we feel. But all those changes one time. But And I don't want to sound preachy right now, but I have to admit this, that first and foremost, it's been the peace of God that passes all understanding all right. All right. that has kept our hearts and our minds straight. It's that peace of God knowing that you flow with the spirit because then you have that assurance and with that assurance comes that confidence that you are doing the right thing. And, and with that also is that it never grows old that even from the youngest to, to our age that we have to have our feet planted in Romans 8 and 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose, that God has a plan, and he's still in charge. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. He's still in charge. No matter if it's a hospital room, no matter if it's a situation, you're looking down at a casket, God is still in charge. All right. God is still in charge. And we rest with that assurance. And second, <laughs> it's true, we have to face reality. We have to face reality that with that understanding that God is not an insurance plan. He's not an insurance plan that every day that water keeps flowing underneath the bridge. And uh, God does not keep you young forever. He doesn't keep you young forever. And we're thankful for the 50 plus years that God granted us to serve and minister in Northwest Indiana. Like my wife said, 35 years as assistant pastor. And the other years, uh, the other areas, uh, of the ministry in the church and in the community. Thank God for that. But my wife and I, we believed this from the very start that God, that Kai and I, we believe in divine placement. Divine placement that God places in a body as needed and for the length of time as needed. Divine placement. And by using, by understanding that, we have to use every resource available. Yes, we have a very sick daughter. And do I believe God heals? Yes, my God healed my dad of cancer, lived 12 years later, died without any cancer. Other miracles, I know that happens. But God has given superior knowledge in the medical field to mankind. So we use God, we use the resources he has given us. Whether it's in sickness, whether it's challenges in other areas of our life, God, number one, yes, but there's help right here somewhere that we can use as a resource Amen. to help us to face that challenge and go through with it. And when God closes the chapter of our life, that chapter of our life up in Northwest Indiana, we felt peace, the peace that passes all understanding. And I have to say this from my heart, but the same God has kept us the past 50 years. He'll keep us now. He will Keep us now. So as long as Kai and I walk down the path that God has chosen, that's to break down. 
He said he'll never leave us nor forsake us, but we have to walk down the path that he chooses. Did I choose to be a non-empty nester at 74? No. Did I choose maybe to ever leave Northwest Indiana and leave that? No. But we have to walk down the path that God chooses. Because then I have that assurance. Oh, hallelujah. He'll never leave me. He'll never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. Because you walk with assurance and confidence. We are in the will of God. Amen. Mick, you and Barb have both lost your spouses to sickness. And Mick, you dealt with long-term caregiving. And you two are obviously now married. Um, how have you faced the challenge of serious sickness in your marriage, Mick? Jeanette and I took our vows uh, many, many years ago. It was till death do us part. And we took those vows very seriously. And uh, it, it wasn't hard. I'm not saying there weren't difficult times in her five-year journey with, with cancer. Uh, but we were a team. And uh, when things were tough, it was my job to to try to strengthen her and lift her up. And, and uh, there were times where uh, in that journey, maybe my faith would wane a little and she was always there to say, hey, you know, we got this, God's got this. So it's something that hopefully none of you will ever face it, but it's, uh, it's, it's we, I feel it was in God's plan. Uh, don't understand it. And, uh, but it, it's something that uh, when you take those vows, you, you, you take them serious. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't hard. It's, uh, I felt when, when we got to go home uh, the final time for that last month when she was in hospice, it, it was my honor to be able to take care of her. And uh, I cherished those moments and I'm glad I was able to be at home with her. Uh, and yeah, it was, there were, there were some tough times, but uh, it's, it's something when you take your vows, you take your vows serious and uh, God will give you the strength just every day. Sometimes you didn't feel like you had the strength to, to get through the day, but every day you'd wake up and God would give you new strength. And uh, we serve a faithful God yes. and, and yes. he was faithful in those times and, and we serve a faithful God. Yes. Amen. Amen. You know, we keep talking about God, but God really is the answer. Yes. He really is. Not that he doesn't require us to do things, but he is the answer. Barb, question for you. How do you successfully marry a family? Um, I think the most important thing was um, we knew God was in it, but... Um, I don't have children of my own, so that perhaps made it a little easier. But mixed children, um, after Janetta passed, uh, without any um, prompting, talked to their dad about his faithfulness to their mom, but she's gone. And um, uh, they were good with him finding 
someone else, remarrying. Um, I didn't know all of that until after the fact. They actually recommended Barb. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't pay them. <laughs> I had been alone for about six years, because today is 12 years since Rick passed, and actually on this day. Um, but, uh, and I had told the Lord in those years, it would be nice to share my life with someone again, but only if you're in it, God. Sure. I don't want someone setting me up. I don't want, I just want it to happen because of you. And God did that. But um, having the kids be really on board was um, a big, mm -hmm. a, a, a big uh, plus. Yes. The other thing is, um, I wanted them to know that we would always, and especially me, honor Janetta, their mother, and Mamma Nettie. And to show them that, um, after we were married, I told Mick that, I said, let's make a memory book for each of the grandkids of Mamma Nettie so they know she'll always be treasured and remembered. And so we did that together. We found pictures of each of the kids with her and um, we put together books for them, had them made. And on the first anniversary of her, on the anniversary of her passing, um, we went to the cemetery, we released balloons and we gave the kids these memory books. Um, and is it difficult sometimes it is because sometimes I feel like I'm, I don't want to say in the way, but um, I don't have as many memories to share with them. But Janetta was such a wonderful lady, and I treasure being able to share her children and grandchildren. Um, so it's having everybody on board is, is I think, the, the biggest thing besides knowing it's a God thing. Barb. Barb never did tear any pages out of the book that Jeanette and I wrote, and I think that was critical. All we've done is add new chapters. Great. And uh, she never came in and said, okay, we need to change this, we gotta change that, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. She never did do that. And uh, the kids love her, and, and uh, she's, she's been a great mom and a great wife. That speaks of great security personally, but also in your marriage. Congratulations for that. Yeah. And Barbara, condolences. I didn't know this was a, that day. So I admire your courage there. Yeah. Brother Scott, you as a minister of the gospel, having been involved for many years, um, being involved in your church, but also a demanding career, and then on top of that, working in the political arena as, I guess I would call it a chaplain of the state house. Um, a husband, a parent, that's a lot of, a lot of things to juggle. How did, you, how did you balance all of that and uh, keep a happy home? Well, this is how I, this may not relate to a lot of us because we're on the other side of a work a career, but I've always believed that, uh, and, I, and I've taught this in, marriage, in uh, young married classes that, we have to remember this. That we do not work to live. 
we live to we uh, we work to live and not live to work. There we go. We work to live and not live to work. And, and that's how it has to be that, that God's provide for us, uh, that we may provide for our own. But that job cannot be the center of our life. And one other area probably uh, pertains to maybe a younger group right now, but, but uh, it's also us right now in our time that we have to be content with God, what God has given us. Uh, whatever that may be, we have to be content with it. Uh, Sure, Kai and I, we could grumble about, gee, you know, here we're watching kids. Uh, here we're moving. We're here we're doing this, we're doing that. But we have to realize, we have to be content with what God has given us. Mm -hmm. it, it's a very, very fundamental fact that uh, we cannot be grumblers or complainers, but we have to be content with it. Uh, and oftentimes, uh, that is a stumbling block, not only to the younger marriage, but to, to any age, that uh, discontentment cannot be bred in a house. And it has to take two people, just like it does to, to form a child. It has to take two people to breed that discontentment. So one of us, even though whether it's on top of the world that day or we're, we're not doing very well, one of us has to be the one that stops that discontentment. And now with Christian service and with marriage, now that sometimes that can be a very, very difficult tightrope to walk. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that balance bar must be used very skillfully, must be very used very skillfully. Uh, it's very easy. That bar is very easy to tip one way or the other. Now, throughout the years, uh, even before I was in the ministry, but even then and now in the other areas that we've always tried, Kai and I, we've always tried to be involved in each other's ministry. We've always tried to be involved and in, with Christian service as much as possible. We try to make it a, a family ministry. If Connie was doing a project uh, for the ladies uh, group at church and she needed someone to run somewhere, and if I was available, that was not below me to be her gopher. It was not below me. Gee, I, come on, I'm the husband. I'm assistant pastor. You want me to go to Hobby Lobby for some glue? <laughs> come on. No, that's her ministry. That's what she was asked to do for that project, whatever it may be. So I volunteered that. We, it, it's involvement. And there in turn, she was there for me at the community events. So whatever it may be, a lot of us out of her uh, her realm, but she would always be there. Now, when our daughter was young, when Lydia was young, I would make it a point, if she was all possible, I would take her with me to hospital visits. I'd take her with me to, uh, to certain evangelistic outreaches. She, I would always try to get her involved. And, of course, now with, we have Bella, who is 12 years old. Uh, we've recently joined the outreach team. You know, I mean, did I, yes, I want to reach souls. Don't get me wrong. But I'm there more because I want to take Bella there. Sure. I take her there every Saturday that we can up to the apartments. And she loves it. Yes. But you know what we're doing? We're cultivating a family ministry there. In fact, the first thing she asked me yesterday when I said, you know, we won't go there. She said, Gramps, how about going to the apartments? What's going to happen? Well, the Bible study will go on, sweetheart. 
I, I, I know it will go on. But it's that family involvement that because there's nothing. And I have to tell you this from my heart again. I wouldn't trade those years of family involvement in the, for the work of God for anything in this world. Right. Nothing. There's nothing like that joy of working together for the kingdom. There's nothing like that joy. Mick and Barb, you have, um, how has retirement impacted your marriage? Uh, I heard uh, Mick, you talking about taking day trips and so on. Explain that a little bit. Uh, I, th I think from kind of the, the history maybe that we've had with, with losing spouses, we've learned that every day is a blessing. Every day is a gift. And it's our responsibility to squeeze as much life out of every day as we can. And uh, some days in retirement, you don't squeeze near as much out of it as, as you do in others. But something we have done is, you know, as, as you go along in life, if you're, if you're traveling to work or you're traveling to visit people, you go down the road, you see these signs, you know, hey, visit so-and-so. You just drive past those things and, and you say, well, someday maybe we'll go there. Someday, maybe we'll do that. And so we've tried to do something that, you know, maybe once a month or so, we do something that I kind of came up with the corny term, uh, touring Tuesday. Uh, we'll take a day trip and we'll go to Dayton, Ohio, to the Air Museum. Uh, we'll go to French Lick. We'll go to French Lick. Uh, all the years that I had when I was in sales calling on uh, accounts up in the Goshen area, uh, the Elkhart area, all these uh, accounts up there would just rant and rave about the Elkhart County Fair. And I'm thinking, it's a county fair. There's cows and chickens and goats and horses. And so Barb and I decided that we would take a venture for a day and we drove to Elkhart went to the Elkhart County Fair, and I'd highly recommend it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, worth, it's worth the trip. Uh, so there's just, there's just different things. When we were down and visiting uh, Cliff and Sheena in Mississippi, you know, how many times we had driven past the big rocket on 65 in Huntsville. So we stopped and went to the Rocket Museum. On the way back, we came and stopped at the Corvette Museum. So I, I think all those things that you're not promised tomorrow, so all those things that you're waiting for tomorrow so you can do them, don't wait. Uh, enjoy, enjoy that stuff and enjoy it today and, and you know, pick out your own Touring Tuesday. <laughs> also, um, like the Brosoms, started walking together. Um, I retired a year maybe six months before him, but um, I was going to the gym. Uh, there's a, a community life center at a church near us, and I joined that and would go to these fitness classes. Well, when he came and looked, just kind of looking over the facility and all that, he's thinking, oh, my, that's a bunch of old people. That'll be a easy peasy, you know, lemon squeezy kind of thing. Well, then when he did retire, 
he went to the classes with me, and the next day he could almost not walk. <laughs> so, but that is something we do at least twice a week, and we just started trying to play pickleball a little bit. So we are doing things together, and I think that makes a big you know, difference because when you're working, you come home and eat supper, and it's... You know, I'm you don't still, have a lot of time to do those things. I'm still pretty sure the class is trying to thin the herd. <laughs> pretty sure. Barb's learning Spanish, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think she's, she's trying to learn how to insult him without him knowing what she said. <laughs> but, no, and I respect you for that. I think that's a great idea. Not the insult thing, the learn the language thing. Okay, we just have a couple minutes, if that, to wrap things up here. And I have three things that I'm going to describe as teeter-totters that these are practical helps to marriage, that if we can spend a little bit of time thinking about them, I think that that might be beneficial. We've heard some real practical testimonies and success stories, but also some building blocks of success as well. So let's talk about these. A couple of things I'd like to contrast are thoughtfulness and respect. So in thoughtfulness, I can, I can buy some flowers and give them to candy. That's thoughtful. But I can't expect those flowers to say, I'm sorry for me. So what balances that thoughtfulness is the respect that would go with it. And so the thoughtfulness that might be an act of opening a door, but I could be grumbling in my heart while I'm opening that door for her. So when that act, that physical act, is a counterpart of the love in the heart and the respect in the heart, there's a balance there that's really powerful. So when we have that teeter-totter and good balance there of thoughtfulness and respect, it'll go a long way to keeping love in a relationship. Secondly is the idea of teamwork, but then also individual space. We're a team. As a team, we've accomplished a lot of things. We spend time together. One of my favorite things to do is when we can have um, I would call it a lazy breakfast, and we would enjoy sitting together and eating breakfast, and, but most importantly to me, talking, just, just talking through life, talking things or values, the Bible, and so on. That's a wonderful thing. That's together time. But it's also healthy for us to have our own individual time. I heard, I heard a successful, and I won't be able to quote it properly, but a successful marriage is a dance where part of the time it's a duet, but part of the time it's a solo. So as a marriage, yes, you need to have time together like Brother Brosom. Sister Brosom, we were talking about coming home and you're, you're wanting to come home. But on the other hand, you need to have individual hobby time, individual friend time. Candy needs to have time with her girlfriends. I need to have some time at the men's retreat or things like that. I think you understand what I say, so I'll, I'll hurry along there. There's a balance there because you're individuals, but yet on the other hand, you're Adam. This is a good time for an amen right there. I'll just, I'll just say this. It's on. The, the Scots are included in this, and I see the Nykirks and the Thomases. And the, my parents... And their little group of friends, they go out to eat all the time. I'm like, what happened to my dad? I've gained 20 pounds since I've been here. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. But that's part of, of having a good marriage is including your friends, having friend time. You can't just, just the two of you all the time. But yeah, find some friends, have some fun, make life fun. 
uh, if, if you don't mind here, we were um, counseling with a couple one time that was, they, they finally admitted to us they wanted to keep their marriage together. You know, they had made those vows and all that. And I looked at them and I said, that's noble to, to honor those vows, to stay together. But I said, what about just making your life happy? Mm-hmm. Having a happy marriage. Not get to the end and go, I did it. But get to the end and go, it was, it was lovely. It was fun. I enjoyed life. And um, that's one thing I like about you. I, I liked about him that First time he asked me out on a date, it was around ABI, and we had just had the banquet. And after the banquet, we all went to a restaurant, because, you know, they don't get anything good usually at banquets. And so we're all standing there with their, this long line. It's going to be an hour wait. And he looked at me, and he said, what do you think about going over to the grocery store and getting some paper cups and some root beer and some straws and some ice cream and let's just go somewhere and have root beer floats? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but, you know, he's still kind of goofy like that. And I like it. And I like it because you know what? My life's fun. You don't have to have a lot of money. Popcorn. Right. Cheap. Yeah. Popcorn. Going on a walk. Doing those fun things, but not just making it to the finish line, but making it to the finish line in love, having had a great life. So I'm done. That was not scripted right there. <laughs> Candy is not scripted. What am I talking about? That's what I love about her. So we talked about the balance between our acts and our attitude, our thoughtfulness and our respect. We talked about the balance between a team and individual time. Lastly, very quickly here, I'm gonna talk about the balance between physical intimacy and intimacy with God. And so we've dealt with a physical intimacy. You're not, you know, 18-year-old newlyweds need techniques or something like that. But there has to be that. We understand that. But there also has to be the balance of intimacy with God. And there are times when our family's been attacked and I would just gather my family together and put my arms around them, and we would, as a unit, get a hold of God. Those are moments that are life changers. Those are times when a unity comes in a family, an intimacy that comes in a family when you share with God, it's powerful. So the balance of those things is really critical. So keep physical intimacy, we know we need that, but also that intimacy with God. Because we understand that man's marriage, mankind's marriage is an example of God's love for us. And when we understand that, all of a sudden marriage has a different perspective. It's about giving rather than receiving. And when we have that mindset, it's a different marriage altogether. Thank you. You've been very uh, kind here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indy. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell, and we pray God's blessings on your family.